This is the Prestigious Initiative. Welcome. I'm Chris Bean, and here with me is Chris Kent. Hello, Mr. Kent. Hello, sir. Today we have a remarkable guest joining us today who's here to share her journey and insights into leveraging knowledge, creating an impact, and scaling an online business. Her story is one of inspiration and transformation. We're excited to delve into these meaningful topics. Welcome, Jean Amlar. Thank you, the two Chris's. It's a pleasure to be here. Jean, uh, you have a, a unique journey of of leveraging what you know to help others. Let's dive into this concept of of using your expertise to make a positive impact on others. Can you you know tell us a little bit about what brought you to this point? Sure. Well, now I've been a coach for twelve years. I was a coach offline for eight years, and of course, I was developing. I, you know, I was certified as a life coach actually at the beginning. But I started getting clients, and immediately was helping them with their businesses, all sorts of businesses, because I just had a natural marketing mind, I guess. Even though the word marketing actually made me nauseous when I first became a coach, that is how not coachy and businessy I was, because I was you know, used to being this sort of more flaky artist. I was an actress for many years and a filmmaker and had been a designer. So it was a new world for me, this world of business. And I thought, well, I just need to learn this because I had to, I had two children in New York city and I had was newly single. And I thought, well, solo single is probably not the right word solo. And I thought, okay, I got to do something. So I figured out, I've always been really good at helping people and coaching them in, in different ways. Cause I used to be, uh, as I said, a filmmaker, but I was also an acting coach and people have always asked me to coach them on things. I thought, you know, actually I've helped a lot of people in various things. And I thought, okay, so I got that going and it was the whole offline hustle, you know, going to networking events, the old way of coaching that people that I was being taught and it was a hustle. And after I left New York and we went to Ohio. I thought, this isn't working anymore. So there was another two years where I was just sort of taking care of me and my kids. And I thought, you know, this is just really bark, you know, go where you're welcome. I thought, you know, I don't feel like this offline thing is ever going to get me out of being poor. So I woke up one morning. I was in deep debt at this point. And I thought, and I was 54 years old. And I thought, I need to get online. And I need to do this soon because, you know, if not now, when? Because then I'll be 55, then I'll be 56, 58, 60, you know, life's short, right? So I thought, if not now, when? So I picked myself up and it wasn't easy because it wasn't like I was already getting clients. It was that that chasm you're in when things are really not going well. It's really just your will and your mindset to decide to do something is all you're going with. Now I got to get online and I found a 10K program on purpose because I realized that I had to pay 10K to be with other people that thought as enough of themselves to also invest 10Ks. That's important. And I know that. You know, you, if you want to be a huge success, you don't go find a cheap thing. You find the best. You find something that's of least a certain level. And I thought, well, 10K is that, that level where there's going to be a bunch of other people that care enough about their businesses and invest enough to do that. So I got into this program. And ironically, it wasn't great. But there was a community and there was an idea. And I thought they were going to help me run Facebook ads because I was very not sophisticated as far as online business at all and not techie at all. And they said, oh, no, you can't run Facebook ads. You're, you're new online. You know, you got to do something called organic marketing. And I literally said, what, like carrots? Because I didn't know what that was. I had no idea. I'd never heard that term in my life. That is how unsophisticated I was about online marketing a mere four years ago. And I thought, okay, I dig it. I'm going to do it. And I just was like, I'm doing it. And so I, the secret to how this worked is I was just all in. I thought this has to work. I have no other option. I'm not going back to offline. I can't get a J-O-B because I have two kids driving school and all that stuff. This has to work. So because I had the attitude of this has to work, I figured it out. And I became really good at organic marketing in the space of like eight weeks. I had 900 conversations with people on Facebook to just to chat to people to figure out what they wanted. I figured out my niche because I'd done so much research just talking to people. I'd had 18 sales calls and I did not give up. On the 18th, I got that first client and then the rest is history. Then people like, how did you do that? Started helping. So to answer your initial question, now I help people to figure out what they know and how we can create something from what they know to become coaches. You don't have to be certified because a lot of the stuff that my coaching clients are working on, there is no certification for that. 
know, you know, certification for divorce coaching. There's no certification for that. They'll probably find one sometime. But it's really about people have knowledge and their lives matter and their experience matters and it's valuable. And what I help to do is package expertise and just experience and know-how to create an offer where they're helping people that really want that help. And and really, it sounds like you're not just helping the one single type person, but you're are you, and and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you're helping to create other coaches to to go on and do uh, the type of things that you're doing. Exactly. Now, I do have coaches that are business coaches, so that's that funny thing of the coach that coaching the coaches, right? There's some of those. However, it's not coaches that are coaching coaches sometimes because if I'm coaching a life coach to help them get clients. Well, they're then just coaching their life coaches. They're not coaching on what I'm coaching on. And if I'm coaching a real estate investment coach to help those people get a real estate portfolio, that is not then coaching on what I'm coaching. They're just using. So sometimes it is like the, you know, the circular, if I get a business coach, right? But often it's people that are B to C. So life coaching, divorce coaching, relationship coaching, um, even copywriting coaching, uh, real estate, you name it. I had a crypto coach in there helping people with their crypto. So it's really, what do people really need? Mom coaches. And what are they going to pay for that you know that you're good at because you've been through it? So sometimes it's more the experience of getting through it than going and getting a certification with zero experience because you just, you know, they, they have a template or blah, blah, blah. To me, if somebody's been through something, that's the person that should be coaching people on their experience. I've done this and I've gotten from A to B or Z. I'm going to show you how I did it. Far more valuable to me than a piece of paper. However, I'm not knocking certification. Some coaches need certification like executive coaches. You need to be certified because it's hard to get a job doing executive coaching unless you say, yes, I'm certified. And I happen to actually also be certified executive coach, which I don't really use right now. <laughs> now, when you're coaching the the coaches do you do this in like a classroom type setting or is this on a one-on-one -on -one type setting actually i have a very interesting hybrid because i've realized people need community and they need the group and they also need to have things to ask questions in front of other people so they learn okay but there's also one-on-one -on -one. so i created a hybrid and that's why i get such great we get such great results because there's everything in there that that they need and, and part of my promise is, and people can't believe I actually say this, and I do my own sales calls, even though I'm at, you know, several million now. Um, it's, they go, well, what do I get? I get, so you get whatever you need. It's not about, you know, piecemealing out help. It's what do you need to get results? And we're going to give that to you. And they're like, wow, you mean anything? You need more one-on-one? -on -one? Great. You need more? Great. And I, I throw, I will coach on stuff that's not promised because I just want them. I just, all I care about is helping people to get these results. And I can imagine, uh, you know, especially if, if you have a history of coaching one-on-ones, at some point, the one-on-one -on -one coaching is you telling this person to do this, This, let's say, do A, and then you have the next person who has a pretty similar instance, and mm. you tell them to do A, and you tell mm. the next person, what, if you do that on, you know, in like a classroom-type setting, then you're telling everybody to do A all at one time, as opposed to, you know, every phone call is everybody's getting the same, uh, similar type information. Exactly. Now, of course, all of my clients are doing something different. So we do customize and there is the one-on-one -on -one for that. However, you're correct. There's certain things that you're repeating that apply more or less. So, and, and, and it's, it's the group learning is very powerful. Also the energy of a bunch of people, because I do a lot of mindset as well. So definitely there has to be like for, I have very high end clients. That's nothing to do with the coaches. I take a few very high end clients that are like multi-million, you know, CEOs, um, they are not going to do a group. They need one-on-one -on -one for all the various things. However, there is a point where you cannot sustain over a certain number of one-on-ones because you can't scale. Yeah. So you eventually most coaches want to get into at least a hybrid. Um, now there's also pure group, but I don't find pure group coaching works, works that well because people need a human being. They need to get a hold one-on-one. -on -one. So that's why the hybrid is amazing. So many people struggle with uh, profit and impact. How have you managed to create such a successful online business while also making a meaningful difference in people's lives? 
Okay, so I actually call myself the online profits coach as well sometimes because I, I that's an interesting question. And a lot of people report, oh, you know, I made millions of dollars. But if you really look when they're running ads, if you really look at all the money, they're, they're, some of those are not making a million. Some of their profits are 10 or 20%. So uh, now on my first million that I got to in 17 months, my profit was 94%. 3% for the merchant and then 3% for like Zoom and, you know, my VA. I had a, a part-time VA for three hours here and there. That's huge profits. So I literally almost made a million dollars. Of course, I have to pay tax on that. But the revenue and the profits were very close. That's unheard of. Okay. But then, of course, I wanted to grow and I need to get help. And, you know, so the profits are lower now. I have uh, more people working for me. I have more coaches in there. The The level of the program has gotten much higher. It's more high touch. You know, I'm spending money on all sorts of marketing and branding and all sorts of stuff, right? So it's still pretty high though. Still pretty high. Okay. So people um, usually don't have this issue when they're starting off because they are working alone, but they, they lose sight when they get larger of those percentages of what I, I've had coaches that come to me and they're like, well, I'm making all this money. I'm like, well, well, how much are you actually making? And one coach, he's like, well, I make um, 20K a month. I said, okay, and how much of that is ad spend? He goes, 10. I said, well, you're not actually, you know, you know you're not like making 10, 20K because just the ads and then there's other stuff. No, no, I'm making 20. I said, no, you're actually not <laughs> because half of that. So already we know it's 50% and then there's other costs. I said, have you worked that out? No, but I'm making 20K. I said, not really. You know, He ended up coaching with me and he understood after that when I helped him get some other organic stuff, it, it offset the loss because he had the loss with that. But then we got him some organic stuff that, that wasn't 50% going out. So then we brought all together his profits up. Make sense? Mm-hmm. So, so that's a consideration for me. I just went out there. I was on my own and I didn't overthink things. People overthink way too much and it's a bad habit. I would say one of the one things that people should stop doing to be successful is to stop thinking so much. And I don't mean, you know, that good time where you're setting aside and getting space where you're actually sort of like taking a minute to plan the next step of your business. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the overthinking that goes on and on. And all it is is wasting time, energy, and creating synapses in your brain just to go into this rut of a habit of overthinking. I don't do that. I don't do that. I take action. So I was like, this needs to happen. I need a solution. I got to do this. I went out there and I just started selling, getting clients. And I didn't even know I'd gotten to a million. I was like, where am I? And I looked, I thought, oh, I hit a million a couple months ago. <laughs> it was kind of funny. I thought, wait a minute, I hit a million? That's like a big milestone. And I was pinching myself. I can't believe it. Because, you know, 17 months early, earlier, I was a broke single mom in deep debt, right? So I had to like grow into that. Okay, now I'm, now I'm making more money. So, so then it is about strategic hiring, not over hiring all at once. It's who do I need? Who can I train? And it's about leadership. It's about training your team so that they perform well. And not just plugging in or thinking you're going to hook. When people go, yeah, I'm, 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 you know, dialing in a team or I'm adding a team. You don't add a team like water, you know, because team members, each one takes energy and coaching and, right, training. So that's another big misnomer. I'm just going to add a team. Really? And when people say that to me, I know they have low sophistication of business. You don't add a team. That's, I'm like, okay, good luck with that. So it's about you need to invest. Now, I invest heavily, okay, and I have an investment budget, and a high achiever has an investment budget because you know when you invest, you will then make more. So then you're, you're playing it like, okay, I'm not just thinking about profits now. I'm thinking about investing to grow more now, okay, and that, that's, that is a success mindset that I will invest because I know and we all know to grow, you must invest. It is the law of the universe, you must invest to grow. You must invest time if you want to learn a musical instrument. That's investment. You must invest actual funds and have a fund for that, that I'm going to invest this much. And, you know, the thing is, when you do that, you always grow because that is the law of quantum physics. So then you get these people that make some money and they just want to hold on to it. That's not a growth mindset either. Well, I made this money and then, you know, I, I invested enough to hire a coach 
to then it worked, but now they're stuck again at the next level. So it's about changing that mindset to a growth mindset, not just to do one investment and think that, that you're done, one and done. Then it's like, now I'm here. Now what do I do to grow more? But I think people go back into this scarcity fear of, well, that worked. Thank goodness that worked. Well, now I'm going to stay here. You can't stay. There's no such thing. It's up or down. You, if you hit a plateau, you'll plateau for a while, but you're going to go down or up. That's the law of the universe. So when people go, oh, I'm good where I am, I'm like, are you now? But there's inflation and there's that whole energy of nothing stays the same. So you got to choose. Are you going to incrementally go up or you're going to plateau and then you're going to drop? You will. If you don't do new energy, something will happen. And inflation will make you drop because it'll stay the same. You're going to be earning less. So this whole thing of thinking, you know, stop the world, I want to get off doesn't work with life. And with that kind of mindset of always moving, how do you how do you help to find out what the next step is? Okay, well, I know that I have to take another step. I, I'm fearful to take that step, but I know that it has to happen. But I don't know that if I'm taking a step in the right direction or the wrong direction, or even what direction you know is a direction at that point. Well, you need coaching and mentoring. People need. I have so many coaches that that I have people to ask. You know, because then I have my own processes. You got to boil it all down and not just blindly. Because, you know, coaches, they, they, you know, you need to customize for yourself. Every time a coach says something to me, I customize it. That's their point of view. Great. I'll follow that. But then I got to customize it. That's the law of coaching. So, um, of course, then, I'm, and I also have a colleagues that I say, what do you think of this? So I'm not doing this alone. If, you know, obviously, ultimately, the decision is mine. But, you know, sometimes... I know the advice I'm getting. I just know it's not the right one. I'm like, ah, yeah, that doesn't, it's not like aligned. It's, I know my brand and I know that's not going to work. Okay. Then sometimes, oh, okay, that will work. So you got to, you know, not just blindly, but when somebody has done something that's exactly what you want to do, follow their advice. If they've done it hundreds of times for a variety of people, Follow their advice, customize it. So it really is getting help and not sitting around getting free free info on the internet. That won't work. This 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 mentality. I'm just going to piece it together. Why? You don't value your business enough if you're just like wasting time trying to piece stuff together because you want to save money and not have a coach. It won't work that way. Coaches save you time, money, energy, and you don't lose momentum, which can create depression. Actually, so there's also the human cost of being stuck. There's no price for that. There's no price that I'm going to pay to be stuck. It's, I won't, won't do it. I won't tolerate it. And it's also about learning what you'll tolerate in your life as far as wasting time and energy. Our lives are precious. Why would I waste time when I could pay somebody? Is every single coach that I pay a slam dunk? No, it's not. I've made bad investments and I've made great investments and middle investments. All in all, it worked. <laughs> I can't sit here and say, gee, I regret hiring. No, all in all, I... You, you piece it together and it's scrappy, but eventually you find people and it's like, ah, that's, that's the home run person because you kiss so many frogs, you know, that you finally, and it's process and it's about having a really good mindset of its process, it's testing, and it's not about being a victim when a test doesn't work. That is business. So what you said was interesting, stuck or maybe you're going in the wrong direction, okay? Well, you're going to go in the wrong direction more if you have no mentors or people to advise you. You're going to go in the wrong direction less if you have mentors and people advising you, okay? You still might go in the wrong direction, but the chances of success are way higher if that person is a good coach that has done this hundreds of times with other people because then it's just a numbers game. Okay, people say to me, how much does this work? I go, it works every single time if you do the work. Literally every single time if you do the work. That's the caveat. Ah, so if I do the work, this will work. Yes, it will work if you do the work. That's a pretty good, pretty good case study. If I said, well, you know, 50% coming in just doesn't work for teaching, then that's, that's a risk. Still not bad, 50-50, but it's not as high as I'd want, right? I want somebody to say, yeah, works for everybody if you do the work. So, so when somebody can say that to you truthfully, that's a pretty good investment. Now, if you're talking to a coach and they go, well, I don't really know my numbers and, you know, about 10% of people are, well, that's not, a, that's not a very good ratio. I wouldn't coach with that person. And I would look for a lot of proof of that. Like, the, you know, I, ha I have a page that has hundreds of client testimonials. Nobody can say that we made that up or that it doesn't work. Okay. So it's really about valuing your business and your life and your time and energy. 
Okay. Now I was on a podcast the other day and this woman said, she goes, yeah, you know, at the very least those people could be going out and getting on social media. And I said, ah, that's the problem. That thinking at least we should be thinking at most and value ourselves at the highest level, not already putting ourselves behind a psychological eight ball of, well, here's poor little me. And at least I'm going to get online and cobble around a bit and maybe, 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 maybe get a client if I waste my time, life and energy. So my message to people is really value yourself, your life, your time and what your potential could be. Start imagining you're that high performer instead of playing around in the sandbox with the kids and not valuing your time, your, your value, your life is passing one precious life that you're never going to get back on this earth. And your people are frittering that away. Like it's nothing. It's a crime because I frittered time away in my youth and I, I regret it. <laughs> you know, I'm like, wow, I didn't value my time. And I can imagine, you know, if you can, help somebody to find what their values actually are and then mm. align their habits and practices and, and then goals with what they actually value, that will give them the the sort of why behind what they're doing so that will make it valuable for them so they can kind of see behind the, the you know, the veil of what they're doing. It, it, it's because of this, the why is there, and it aligns with a value that they have that they want for themselves, which then they'll be more apt to go out and, and do those things. Right. Now that's two values, actually. I, I was just thinking, I think in like mathematical boxes sometimes. That's true. The value of the why, that's huge. Why, why do I want this? Why, why do I even want to be a coach? Why do I want to be a business person? Why? Now, that has to be big enough to sustain the amount of action and momentum and will and drive and discipline to be successful. Because if that's not at least at a seven, we're in trouble. If we're at a five, that's neutral. Give it up. I mean that. Not of love, just give it up. If you're at a five, that's a neutral. That's a neutral. So that's the first thing. Yes, that value. I was talking about self-worth. I was talking, okay, you have that value. You really want to do this. You're driven. Okay, I've got to do this. Now, if you're that driven, you obviously have self-worth. But I'm saying a lot of people half-heartedly do things. Half-heartedly. Yeah, I want to be a coach. And sure, I'll get certified. But then they're sort of petering out like, well, you're not going to be successful unless you're all in. You just won't. So this thing of, well, I guess I'd be a million-dollar coach if that just happened to me. It's not going to happen to you. That is working hard. To have a goal, and I didn't like have a goal of being a million-dollar coach. I had a goal just to build this business, and it happened. I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm a million-dollar coach. Wow, now I have a bigger goal. Now I want to get to 10 million, and I want to help more people. And I'm creating more things. It makes you more creative as well because, like, well, now I can do this, and I can serve more people, and I have a new idea the other day. So the point is, but focus. People need to value themselves more. Self-love. And it's really like telling when you say, well, what do I think of myself? Do I think of myself? How am I acting? Oh, I'm acting. Uh, well, I'm just getting on social media. and uh, It's acting like a victim. Like, well, I'm this low quality person that's never going to be a great coach. Think about what's that doing to your mindset? I'm going to put myself in last position. Why? You're going to actually go for last position. Now, I'm talking about this more and more and more starting this week, actually, on podcasts, because I've found my mission now with what I talk about on these podcasts. And that is that it's not, yeah, you know, come and coach with us. It's figure out where you are not valuing yourself. Then that other value of why and what you want to help people with and the money. Money is good. It's okay to make money. You want to make money in the right way, which is not ripping people off, telling the truth, never lying and also serving. But money is great. It's freedom. And why shouldn't you have it? If you're helping other people even better. So that's, we work with visionaries, people that want to help people. That's what I call a visionary. Just want to help people. And you want to make a ton of money. Great. Okay. We love it. But you can't position yourself if it's like, well, I guess I'm going to do this. And I'm already just sort of finding freebies on the internet. And I see this a lot. That has to change. Or you will never, the people will never have a successful business. It has to be, even if you're broken like I was, I mean, I was not in a great mindset, but I had enough will to say, I will do this. It is not easy in the position I'm in and the mindset I have of kind of being a loser right now, right? I didn't feel great about myself that I have two kids and I was losing and they would find out sometime too, modeling for two daughters losing. 
That's not what I wanted. So it wasn't like I was, yeah, yay, hi. It was like, no, I'm going to do this and I'm going to pick myself up and I will make this work. And it wasn't easy. I did a lot of mindset every day just to get me to a point where I could deal with the rejection and the stress and the anxiety of what was going on in those days because I've now paid for another 10K. Okay, so there has to be a self-worth going on that, yes, I can do this and I want to do it and I'm worth it. And what will I do to demonstrate that? I will invest in myself because I'm worth it instead of, well... I don't really want to invest in myself. We're spending a lot of money. We're spending money on a lot of other stuff because people do. Okay. They do. When you start looking at what they're spending their money on fun stuff. Okay. I love it. But shouldn't the money be on investing in growth and what you really want for your life that will, will pay you a million fold, like a career that's going to pay you a million fold. You're helping people making money and changing lives. That has to be valued higher. That has to be important. And I made that important that I invest in myself before I invest in anything else. Um, I, I, that's the first thing I spend money on. Well, and it's interesting the the mindset shift that you went through because it seems to be that, and this is a generalization, I understand, but it seems to be that people who lose go on and continue losing. And people mm. more often than not who win go on and continue winning. Seemingly, it has something to do with the the mindset, the the mm-hmm. the physicalness even of of losing. It puts you in kind of a downward state, and if you mm-hmm. win, it puts you in an upward state, and then that just s- continues on that cycle until you do something about it. And s- seems like you did something about it in in the in the mindset shift that you that you went through. Can you can you speak about you know what? How did that, how did that go for you? What was that like? No, that, that's true what you say. Okay. However, we need to overcome our environment, what you're talking about. So you're losing. Yes, you will lose because of energetics, energetics. And also when you're losing, people become more negative and they cluster the negativity together in their mind. And that creates even a more of a story. So the first thing is if you're losing, don't go, Oh, and I'm losing and I'm sick and my mom's sick and the kids and this, and I lost this and I'm a credit card, blah, blah, blah. And my, my marriage sucks and all of this. And you know, the debtors and blah, blah, blah. What people do is they cluster the negativity together. Even winners do that. We all do that. We got to stop that. So when you feel you're losing, don't start clustering and piling on it. It's human nature to do that for survival. That's our survival instinct, fear of rejection of the tribe and actually dying. It's a fear of rejection. Now we're losing. It's rejection. So it's still hardwired after all this time that we might be rejected, thrown out of the tribe and being eaten by wild animals because we're alone. That's why we get that. So if you're losing and I was losing and I had years of negativity and I just thought, okay, I, I need to just focus on the mindset. I did morning mindset every morning to get myself to a state of possibility. And throughout the day, I got, okay, you got this. It wasn't, it wasn't easy because it wasn't, there was no sign it was going to work for the first eight weeks. Seems like not a lot, but for me, I only had 10 weeks in that program. I thought, if this doesn't work, what am I going to do? So I made it my priority and I worked day and night. I worked day and this must work. So people need to develop a higher resolve and not give up, not say, well, I'm going to do that, but stop talking in but, stop talking in maybes and tryings. I'm doing this. Absolutely. hundred percent. That's how you speak to yourself. That's how I spoke to myself. I'm doing this. This is working right now. It's in the middle of working. I will get this. There's all sorts of mind stuff going on to get me over that point where I saw the light and I got that first client and I cried. And me and my daughters were dancing around our apartment crying because they saw me going, you know, just trying to work this out like a mad woman. That was it. It only paid off because I put the reps in and I did not give up. Most people would not have sustained 900 conversations in Facebook Messenger and 18 sales calls. They would have said, oh, this isn't working. Right? Are we agreed? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't do it. They stopped from the gold. I had no choice. Having no choice is often a good thing. Then I had a glimmer. I thought, ah, an evidence. Then that just got me on fire. I thought, this worked once? Go deep. Do the reps. Keep proving the concept. I just needed one little win. And then I grew that. Okay. Do I have loses now? Of course. A lot of stuff doesn't work in my business. But now I say, okay, I lost a lot of money on that. Okay. Next. Process. Next. All in all, I'm super grateful. I made millions of dollars. Why would I complain? 
I live in gratitude. I broke my nose three months, three weeks ago. Bad break. Shattered my nose in a bike accident. Got the cast off two days ago. I'm just super grateful my nose is not misshapen. You know, I had a concussion. It was terrible. Everybody's like, oh, that's so terrible. I said, I'm living in gratitude. I could have died. Concrete. Face hitting concrete. Okay. Had had to go get it fixed. My family was, because we're on a family chat, they're like, wow, you've just been so matter of fact the whole time. And I realized then I've developed so much. There was no panic. It's just very, take care of this icing. You know, ice it, da-da-da, take care of it, get x-rays, blah, blah, blah. Get it all taken care of. Never panicked, never cried, even from the pain. So that is how we should live our lives. Emotion wouldn't have changed my nose. It would just made me probably feel worse. And I thought, I got to really not feel worse than I already do. Okay. And, and I just went through the motion. I said, I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to get the best doctor I can, go through the motions. My nose looks pretty good. <laughs> uh, almost as it was, a bit swollen, but I'm pretty, pretty sure it's going to be a pretty good outcome and nobody's going to notice it but me. Okay. Also, I had a problem with my eye that was pressure. So that's how we should operate is stop the panic, hashtag unpanic. Hashtag unanxiety, okay? And master our emotions, because when we master our emotions is when we become high performers. Okay, now I work every day on anxiety. That's like my toxin is anxiety. I do all sorts of mindset. And I'm getting really good at this, of identifying where that anxiety comes in and just, I don't do that, okay? Lost a ton of money in crypto a few couple months ago. Panic, don't do that. Took a walk, I don't do that. It happened, it's done. No point. There's no point in, in lamenting loss ever, unless it's, you know, you're grieving somebody that's different, right? So, so that's where you need to get is stop the excuses. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Also complaining is a form of, of, of uh, trying to enforce your ego so that people feel sorry for you or yourself feel sorry for you. So complaining is a big one. If you can cut complaining out altogether. Now we resist all this and I resisted this of like, I, I'm doing Joe Dispenza's, you know, changing the habit of being yourself, right? And it's hard because we are so married to our genetic disposition of feeling sorry for ourselves, being the victim and gossiping and all that bad stuff that human beings do. But if you say, you know, I'm not going to be the average human being. I'm not going to be the ordinary. And I think that's a good question. How can I not be the ordinary person? I'm going to be an extraordinary person. When you put this as a goal, how does an extraordinary person act, behave, think, feel, do, treat other people? That's when you're going to start to really start seeing what potential you have. Thank you. That, that, was, that was very beneficial. Uh, you know, with, with over 11 years of experience in, in coaching, you surely have some, some valuable insights. Can you discuss perhaps what are some best practices for building and running a coaching business? Well, I mean, it, people complicate that so much and there's so many ways, but I'll just make it super simple. If you're starting a coaching business, you should not be focusing on that much at all. It's really about getting the clients and helping people. And that's to me an aside. Basically, they can pay you by PayPal. You know, you don't want to like set everything up and get all your ducks in a row because that's energy on stuff that really doesn't matter. What matters is actually getting a client. That's what matters. Those, th that's the lead. You know, you have the lead indicators and lag indicators. Sure, set up, set up PayPal for now. Then when you're doing that a while, then sure, you can set up Stripe or, you know, Merchant. But don't, don't, you don't even need an LLC at the beginning. I didn't even have an LLC the first whole year of my business. My accountant was like, ah, oh, you don't need that right now. He's like, it's fine. Okay. Then he's like, yeah, you should get that now. So people are way, way, way too involved in nitpicking on the little structures because they feel like they're doing something. But actually, that is not your highest impact action. To build a business, what's your highest impact action? Is to get a client and money in the door so you have a business. And the focus should be taken off the website and the billing and all blah, blah, blah. doesn't matter. Get PayPal for now. Get the client. You'll work it out. That's how I was billing at first because I, I knew that. I thought just, yeah, sure, PayPal's fine. When you worry too much about the structure of setting the business up, I already know that those people are, don't have, a, yes, some setup. But when they're all into that, and I really just got to get my LLCS, that takes five, five minutes. I could do that in five minutes. Next. Oh, so people tend to make a big production out of nothing to fill their time with tasks because they're so afraid of selling and they just got to go for it. Sell first, then clean, then set up PayPal. 
you'll be good. They'll be able to pay you. Don't worry. And really, you know, that that is kind of their their way of putting off doing the hard thing as opposed to going and do the hard thing, you know, slay the dragon and then reap the reward from having slayed the dragon. Right. right. Now, the advice I'm going to give, which is best practices for just life and business, is stop going into your fears and making that a story and wasting your freaking time. We all have fear. You've just got to say, I have fear. That's okay. I'm going to take action and drag that fear behind me and just forget about it. Guess what happens? Say, say you're a plane and you're laden, like the wings are laden with the fears, like the gremlins in that old uh, Twilight Zone. Remember that one where he's on the plane? You're, on the, you're, you're in the runway and you got this plane and your wings are laden with all your fears. Guess what? You're going to take off anyway. You're just going to take off. You're going to take off and you get in the air. Guess what? Once you're flying... Those are going to fly off you because you took the action of getting in the air, launching, right? So if we stopped focusing on the, that part and just did the lead indicators, action to get clients and forgot all this nonsense, you'd be successful. Fear is not something we should sit around thinking about all day. It just creates, again, a rut in your brain of fear-based intuition. So then you actually think that your fear-based intuition is actually your gut speaking to you. It's not. You created that. You know, when people say, just follow your gut, uh, don't do that. You know, because most people's guts are so far off the radar, they're just going to keep going following that fear-based fear. So when people say to me, oh, well, I'm just going to check in my intuition. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I just spoke to this person for an hour and they are so fear-laden. that They're just going to check in with their fear in this rinse cycle of fear over fear over fear over fear, thinking that that's informing what they should do. So my advice is do the opposite of what you would do. Just do the opposite. You're fearful, do the opposite. See what happens this time. Something new will happen because you've been doing the same fear-based, not doing stuff. So do the exact opposite, even if it feels like you shouldn't. And even if it feels distant, like it's you know not what you should be doing, you're going to discover something. You discover that that actually is your radar because you are so not in touch with your gut, most people, that, that they've created this new intuition of fear, fear-based. So I don't buy it anymore. Because I've already had a conversation with certain people. I'm like, oh, that's not going to go well. Well, I talk, yeah, it doesn't feel like it's aligned for me. And I'm like, of course it's not. You're aligning with your fears. And coaching with somebody that could actually get you somewhere is scary for people. That they might actually help me be successful when I'm in this familiar zone, not comfort, familiar zone of being stuck that I'm kind of familiar with now. And she's going to get me out of that and actually help me be successful. That's scary for people. So you've got to really, again, check in. What do you really want? If you don't really want it, do something else. And, and so that whole story reminds me of a, of a quote, which is, you know, courage isn't the lack of fear. Courage is going to do the thing, even though you're scared, even though you're fearful, do it anyways, which is, I, 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 I read that. I, I wish I could attribute that to somebody. I can't, can't remember, but I, I read that. I was like, wow, that is so, that is so great because you think of, you know, courage, be courageous. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm scared. I can't be courageous. Well, it's, that's it just change the definition. It's not about courageous. Isn't about doing things and not, and not being fearful. Do it despite the fear. Do it anyways. Well, it's not courage. If you have no fear, yes. it's every day. It's business as usual, right? Yes. So, so it's sort of like, again, we're packaging things the way to make us feel comfortable. Again, it's the packaging. Stop the packaging and be raw and be real and face the reality of things. The rea- and you're right. It's not about being fearless because we all have fear. It's about managing the fear and being courageous anyway. And I do talk about courage a lot because it is about courage. And you hit the nail on the head. If it weren't hard, then we wouldn't need courage. Therefore, it's not courage. But we're always trying to water down sensations in our lives to make everything palatable so we can have another drink and sit in front of Netflix again and feel good again and have the dope hit us, right? We, we, we talked about mindset a little bit already, but you, you have developed a, a concept called Beyond Mindset. Mm. You know, how, how has your mindset influenced your journey? And you know, what, what, what is the Beyond Mindset mindset? The beyond mindset is beyond like, you know, when people go, oh, I'm a mindset coach and I do mindset. It's like the same garden variety, you know, affirmations and they're great. You know, beyond mindset is what I was just talking about. It is like, it is ruthless looking at the reality of your life, ruthless in a good way. So it's not letting yourself off the hook. It's like, you know what? 
I am having these thoughts and I'm going to dig deeper and I'm going to you know, meditate on that. And I'm going to envision, I do a lot of creative visualization, envision the life I really want. Now, some people do that. They don't do it all the time. They're doing it properly, right? So it's really about being very real and not going, oh yeah, I do mindset. I did my mindset. Wait a minute. Is your mindset working? No. Well, then maybe you're not doing proper mindset. It's also about valuing your mind. Like it is a beautiful garden and you're in there landscaping. You're going to pull the weeds out, grow posies or roses, whatever you wish, water, and tend to your mind like it is the valuable thing that it is because your mind controls your body. You guys are martial artists. You know that. And I'm sure you do a lot of powerful mindset for the martial arts because I know that's a part of it, right? So the beyond mindset is that is changing your brain. It's I'm going for this. I'm not just going to do a Band-Aid. I'm going to change how I act, believe, feel, receive, give, everything. When you're on that mission, you start to uncover the real you, the real you that you were born with, actually, before all this stuff happened, right? You know, like, you know that they found out that children, most children show signs of genius till they're five. Then, then they start going to kindergarten and all that, you know, you know what I mean? Then they start getting socialized. We're socializing the genius out of our children by everything, okay? So it's about uncovering all the rubbish that we've piled on with experiences and fears and bad experiences and life and you know, all of that, right? And saying, look, who am I? Who am I really? Who am I? Who we are? When you look in the mirror, if you change your name or if I broke, broke my nose and it looked really different, right? Or I get way older. I'm the same person I was when I was a baby discovering a mirror for the first time, correct? Yes, yeah. If I, some have a different name because women get married. Some people change their names. Some people change a lot about themselves, even gender, right? Guess what? We're still that person. So who are we really? The essence of who we are is actually pure love. We're just pure love and spirit. That's who we were born with. We can get back to that. Then we have a clean slate to actually figure out our full potential. Then that's beyond mindset. It's not Band-Aid mindset. It's like, who am I really, who, who we really are? When you think about that, it's powerful that, that the same person looking in the mirror now is the same one that when you were a baby, you look completely different, right? Completely different. You have different thoughts. You've done different things. Same person. Who's the essence of who you are? If we can get back to that, we can unload a lot of the, the rubbish, you know, just the, you know, going through life with disappointment makes us a certain way. It makes us angry or disappointed or depressed or whatever. Unleash all that. Just unlayer all that, get to who we are, you start to really be high performer. I'm getting now to a point where I don't accept certain ways of being. I won't accept anxiety anymore. If it starts to happen, I'm like, no, no, I'll master that emotion. And the more you do it, it becomes a habit. And the more you create habits out of watching how you think, feel, talk, act, everything, that makes you a high, a, a, you know, a high performer. I, you know, that makes you act, think, feel, be and the top 0.01% of people in the whole world makes you also be able to handle stuff that happens in your life. My, my accident, I handled it way different than I would have handled that years ago. It was a completely different way of handling it. And I, I was reading over the weekend that there, so like the, a lot of who we are is, is based on our, not our, our, like our actual mind, but the, the underlying mind that the, the um, what is the, What's the word? The subconscious. The subconscious. Yes, yeah, so thank you. The, the subconscious. And a lot of that is is we do things and then something happens, X, Y, Z, ABC, and we react to it or we respond to it in a certain way. We have a habit that we do. But if you can take a second and pause and stop that habit from happening and think about, feel in, be in the moment of why you want to do X or Y, that can greatly differ who you are and give you an insight to why you're doing those things just because it gives you that opportunity to think and be in the moment of why you know x happened and now i want to do this okay well hold on before i do that let's think what's happening why did i want to do that that's that's not a good thing but every time this happens that happens but i want to stop that from happening but if you can control it enough that you can pause and think about it, then that can greatly give you a look into the subconscious mind and give you an opportunity to change and, and, and critique how you go about Mm. creating the person who you want to be. Actually, there's an easier way and Joe Dispenza teaches it. Mm. You don't even go there. You just say change. You just, and I, I'd figured out these keywords. You see, there's a lot of like 
things people do they don't need to do to get the same results. Like they figured out that like monks that meditate, they figured out quicker ways to get in that state now that don't take hours. Like there's ways to, so the key, the key for me when I, when I understood, I thought, wait, I'm anxious. Wait, I don't, wait a minute. I actually have a thing that anxiety and I realized other people didn't live that way. I didn't know that. I thought everybody had anxiety all day long. And one day, a couple of years ago or so, I thought, wait a minute. Oh, not everybody lives like this. And it was actually a revelation. I thought human beings were all in a state of anxiety like I was almost every single day. And I thought, wait, wait, you mean that you're, oh. So then I knew I could change it. So to me, it wasn't analyzing it. I don't want to analyze anymore. Again, rethinking, think, think, think. Think's not going to help it. It's not going to help it. What changes it is a new thought. So I would say, I don't do anxiety. I just don't do it. Boom, done. D- don't do it. Guess what? I stopped doing it every now and then. Oh, so now, but now I'm doing Joe Dispenza's, which is just the word change. When you start feeling a certain emotion that you want to change, a way of being at mine was anxiety, other people's fear or whatever, blah, blah, blah. My keyword is like anxiety. Every time I start to see the scenario of a thought, a sub thought that's going to create that. You start to notice the very first thought, the impulse. Ah, nip that in the bud, change. And the more you do it, I haven't done it long enough. It creates a new habit, a new neural pathway where you're not even going down that pathway. You're creating a new one. So now when Jeanne has a, a, an inkling or something that she knows is going to go to that and then anxiety, ah, change. So it's sort of similar to my, I don't do anxiety, similar thing. It's just a cute, it's just like, same thing. Could be, I don't do anxiety. Could be change. It would work the same actually. I see. Yeah. Your, your journey and, and achievements can inspire and motivate others to pursue their dreams. Uh, you know, regardless of, of, of where they start, how do you think, um, how do you think people can try to attach onto that and, and, you know, maybe like on your coattails and, and, do the same type of things that you're doing, maybe in a different, in a different realm, a different, different area okay. of, of expertise. So not, so not as a coach, you mean not sure. somebody that wants to be yeah. a coach. Well, a lot of what I said today applies to everybody, whether you're even a business person or just, just a person, you know, I mean, just a person, I mean, a business person or a person in a job or career. Okay. So, um, again, I don't mean just, <laughs> I mean, whatever you're doing, because that will help your relationships, will help everything. So I would say in whatever niche you're in, get a coach, get a coach, because why would you not invest in yourself to shortcut, get the way, be successful instead of being cheap with yourself and trying to cobble things together? That's already not a good mindset. That is not investing in oneself and one's business and one's future. It's not. That's fear-based. No, I don't want to spend the money. That's already broken. So go get help no matter what niche you're in. It won't be me all the time because you might not be a coach. I'm just saying across the board, get a coach, a good coach, not a cheap coach. Don't shop around for the cheapest because if you shop around for the cheapest coach, that's not going to be the most successful coach. So therefore you found a cheap coach that's going to coach you to be just as successful as they are. So look at the level of success you want and pick a coach that you can model. Very good. And I guess, you know, as if, if somebody wanted to be a coach and they're just starting out with that kind of uh, in mind, do they set their price higher than they think they should to overvalue what they are offering, but also to be within the realm that everybody else is in? I mean, that's what I did. Yeah, that's what I did. I just know, I know, I know stuff, and I know energetically. If I go to a cheap program, there's going to be people that don't value themselves. The, the feedback's not going to be as good. It's not the high level of people that are taking their businesses at least seriously enough to 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 spend $10,000. And if you're, you know, go, I help people do high ticket. So the ROI is definitely there. So when you're talking to somebody, whatever niche you're in, and somebody can prove to you or demonstrate that the ROI is there, then it's a slam dunk that, you know, like working with us, we are helping people with high ticket and we guarantee they're going to get at least one client. So we're going to guarantee a fishing rod, proof of concept system. Those people already know that it's going to work because it has to work because we're promising that or we need to coach for free. So when somebody's also giving you such a good offer that there's no room for even having to be fearful and you're still not doing it, you really need to investigate why. Then you're asking, why do I have this? Then you ask, what's going on here? That's not a stop having this. It's like, why, what, what do I want? I want to 
let's see. Some people, sometimes people want illogical things like they want a great coach, but they don't want to pay for it. People have said that to me. I really want to hire you, but I wish I could have you. Well, then that's not reality because if I weren't charging this much, I wouldn't be as successful as I was and I wouldn't be getting the results. So that's not going to work. That's la-la land. So stop using, stop the wishful thinking in life. Wishful thinking has to be thrown out the window. People do that all the time. Stop the wishful thinking. Yes, dream. Yes, have great goals. Yes, you have huge audacious goals. Then you have to take action to go towards those. Or it's just it's just words, 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 words. In, in the in the in the words of Hamlet, words, words, words. Okay, I love that that part of Hamlet. Words, words, words. I just it says so much. People talk so much. Figure out what you want and be serious about it. And you know, if you like, okay, I don't want to pay an expensive coach or you know uh, uh, that that's going to get results. But I'm going to pay this cheaper one, then you're going to have to say, and I'm going to get less, fewer results, and I'm okay with that. I'm going to position myself getting fewer results. But then to hope that somebody that's not been successful and is not charging a lot is going to get you amazing results, again, is not reasonable. Because if they were, they would be charging more. Right. Because they would have more to offer and the value is higher. So it's not about, there's two types of people in life that are business people, okay? And also in life. People who see pricing and people who see value. I see value. If something is a certain price, I don't care if the value is there. I couldn't care less. If it's 20K and they're going to get me value, sure. 30K, sure. 50K, sure. If it's 5K and I'm not going to get value, I'm not going to invest in that. Right. And, and of course, the value is, is you know, the benefit that those people get. And, and more often than not, the price and the value coincide together. Exactly. So I'm saying, I'm not saying throw your money around. I'm saying if somebody can demonstrate they're getting amazing results and it's a, a price, oh, that's so expensive. Well, hang on. What about the value you're going to get? You're going to get positioned, high ticket, save a bil- million years, you know, high mindset, confident, have a coaching business, maybe quit your job. That's the value. So the price really doesn't matter. You could have paid me 100K. You'd still be in top. That's what I actually feel. Sure. Of course, I'm not going to charge you 100K. But if I can demonstrate I can get that value, then it's still worth it. Yes. Right? Yeah. So, you know, we all, we all face obstacles and setbacks in our path to growth. Could you share uh, a story of a client who you've worked with who have, has faced a significant challenge, but, you know, has manif- uh, managed to overcome that challenge through your, through your coaching? Absolutely. Um, well, this is more than one client, but often clients are very, very, very scared of selling. They, they, they feel like if they're selling something, they're a bad person and, you know, and why should somebody pay me? So I have to get them really clear on the value, the value again. Well, are you helping? The, yeah. Are you good? Yeah. Well, is it worth it? Yeah. Well, there you have it. That person needs this solution. It's going to change their life. And you're worried about three or 5k. Don't you think it's worth three or 5k to change their life? Well, yeah. Well, there you have it. It's not selling. It's an offer that you're highlighting that they've decided they need because the value is high enough. Now, when you don't have a good offer and you have to try to wrangle money out of people, then you don't have a good offer. Then that's not good. You got to get a better offer. You got to get an offer that's not a wishy-washy offer that you like. It's got to be an offer that there is a market that they really need it and see the value and need the value. Okay. So for instance, I'll use like a relationship coach. Now I have a client who's a relationship coach. She's very good at what she does. She changes lives saves marriages. She had a relationship coach that saved her relationship. She goes, oh, I would have paid 20K for that. I said, ah, there you have it. She goes, oh, I get it. I said, see you. She goes, oh yeah. I mean, it was amazing. And she inspired me to do what I do. So don't you think, what's the price for somebody saving your marriage? First of all, it's priceless, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. First of all, how much does the divorce cost? Substantial Just on a monetary value, I'm just talking about monetary to begin with, just on a sheer monetary value, it's going to be way more just cost-wise to get a divorce, okay, if if you're into money, right? Now let's talk about the emotional. Well, if you have children, well, the children are then a broken family, like back and forth, that's traumatic. Now, you know, you're alone, your wife's alone, dissension, blah, 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 money on alimony if somebody's paying alimony and child support and all of that. <clears throat> when, if there were a very you know, talented, uh, you know, relationship coach who could have fixed this, wouldn't it be better paying her 10K? Yes. There you have it. That's what I'm talking about value. 
in that case, you should not blink at the 10K. You should be like, well, she's had demonstrated same exact. I mean, certain marriages cannot be saved. We all know that, right? But a lot can. And it's because they have not gotten help. They've not gone to get actual help that works. And sometimes the psychotherapist is not the one that's going to help. It's more of a coach because they can tell you to do stuff that the therapist cannot tell you to do, coach you. So, so in that case, would you blink? No, you'd be like, okay, well, it's not, wasn't going to be in my budget, but this is a priority for me to save my marriage because I, I love my wife and I want to stay with her. And there's things that we are missing here. And this coach is going to help us get us all back on track and have a happy family, keep the family together and avoid that. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pretty much use that 10K instead of buying a new car, right? Yeah. Any normal person that values their marriage would do that, that values the marriage. They don't value the marriage. They will not pay for that coach because they just don't care. It's okay. We'll get a divorce. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And I would imagine as you're going through and selling the client on this, there is a certain sort of, uh, of bringing to the surface those kind of values to help them to realize that they value their marriage more than perhaps they, than they did when they walked in to see you. And maybe just right. by taking that step, by walking in to see a, a relationship coach, they value their 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 relationship more, uh, you know, than they thought they did because they made that step to walk in to, to talk right. to somebody. Right. Or even if they're talking to, then that means they're already open to it. But yeah. then, but then, and I don't even think she charges 10K, by the way, she charges like 3K. I'm like, it's a no brainer. And, and somebody said, oh, that's so expensive. I said, that person is not serious about saving her marriage. Hmm. What's 3K? You know? And she goes, you're right. I said, that's not a client for you. She thinks that's a lot to save a marriage. I don't know what to say. I don't like that. That should be a priority. I use that because to me, that should be a priority from somebody who is divorced, by the way. Okay. I still believe that should be a priority to, to fix a marriage if it can be fixed. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I guess while we're on, on the topic of priorities for our listeners who might be struggling to, to prioritize their, their well-being, what advice would you offer to help them to take positive steps towards uh, a, a change for them? Well, I mean, you know, we all know that exercise, and you guys know, exercise is so just vital to well-being, movement, any kind of movement. So we all know also from studies that even 15 minutes of movement can keep you from better than an antidepressant. 15 minutes is often more effective than an antidepressant. So I would say not take the lazy way out of taking a pill to not be depressed. Just walk for 15 minutes. Walk the dog. Get on. 15 minutes, folks. Now, I, I have periods like because I, I broke the nose, I wasn't really exercising that much. And I could see that I – so I started last week getting into light because I don't want to jog it too much. So light walking and I'm already – okay, now I'm seeing I'm back where I was. Just So move. doesn't have to be anything specific. Go take a walk. Rebound. You know – do something. Move. So we want 15 minutes of movement. I'm not a health coach, but I do know this. So that, that's already helping. That's helping everything. Do your mindset and value yourself. So eat well. You know, don't drink a lot. Obviously, I hardly drink alcohol, but I, every now and then. And cut down on the meat because people eat way too much meat. You know, we don't need that much meat. I thought a lot about this. Americans eat way more meat than anybody ever ate in the history of the world. Like meat all the time. Um, so we don't need, even if you like meat, you don't need to eat meat all the time, three meals, right? Um, and, and I'm not saying to be a vegetarian if you don't want to, because that's, I'm not advocating any kind of specific diet, but you know, cut down on the sugar. That's my big thing. I love sugar. <laughs> that's, that's, my, that's my kingpin, but you know, and sleep. So I just say, get a decent amount of sleep. Apparently seven hours is most for most people. I like eight myself, but sometimes I don't get that. Try to get seven hours of sleep because they've done studies too, that people that get only six, their longevity is shrunk and they have more disease. So try to get seven. Try to just cut down on the junk food, the sweets, the alcohol, and move for 15 minutes a day. You're already in better shape than most Americans. Thank you. Thank you for such a, for such a, a, a positive uh, talk today. You know, uh, Jean, for sharing your wisdom and insights with us, your journey is a, is a testament to what is possible when you combine knowledge, determination, and desire to create a positive impact. Uh, do, do you have any, any closing remarks for our listeners? One, you are worthy and ready right now. That's it. Very good. Very good. And, and you know, if, if our listeners wanted to get in contact with you, where, where could they go to, to learn more about you? Sure. Now, I think you have my link to my reviews. If we, you don't have it, that should be in the show notes where you can see basically all that my clients are doing. 
Uh, if you're in a coach, if you're a coach, there's also a, a link that you can talk with me. And I'm all over social media. So I can give you my Instagram link. I'm on Instagram, on my Facebook, on LinkedIn. It's just my name. If you search my name, and I'm very open. If whenever people write to me, I always answer. So I'm a very open, uh, you know, accessible person. And I love talking to people. I actually love people. I, I do love talking to people. So if you want to, you know, contact me, there's many ways from my website or, or many social media platforms. Very good. And I'll be sure to link all those in the, in the show notes for this. If you found today's episode valuable, please consider subscribing or leaving a review and sharing it with your friends or colleagues. Remember, you have the power to make a difference. Until next time, make every day count.